Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Well, it's all Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Great to be here today. Eric, how's it going? Hey, good afternoon, Julie. It's it's going great. It's another beautiful day, oh, so it is. can't complain. You know, I have to send a shout out to my friends at the South Seattle Transfer Station today because I just came from there. And the guy that uh, was checking me out was like, you know, what are you up to after this? And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm going to, to my radio show and... He was like, what's your show and what station? He was like, I'm going to listen. I was like, well, I'm going to say hi to you. Cool. So South Seattle Transfer Station, I've uh, been spending quite a bit of time there over the last few months since we built our urban farm. Uh, lots of clearing out and pallets and all sorts of stuff. So shout out to those guys there. Thanks for listening. Great day to take your dog for a walk. Good maybe point. Maybe early in the morning, late at night, because it's so hot today, it's pro- Likely hot where you're listening from, too. Looks like we've got a little bit cooler weekend, so. That's nice. Plenty of walking time. Good. Well, speaking of farms, uh, I have a guest with me today in the booth. I have Marsha St. John of St. John Creamery, raw goat milk and farmstead cheese. Welcome to the dog show, Marsha. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. So um, I have been a fan of, I mean, we talk about food, have talked about something food or diet related on the show. You know, we're approaching 400 episodes now. I think this is like 391 or something like that. So we've had a lot of episodes, right? And food has definitely been a focus of mine. And I'm always talking about, you know, educating my clients for training, dog training and behavior about diet and how important it is to feed our dogs and cats as well um, healthy food that actually supports mm-hmm. their body and helps them to thrive, not just survive. And if you want to go back into our archives and find all of those shows, go for it. <laughs> uh, Susan Thixton of truthaboutpetfood.com. I've talked with her a few times over the years. She wrote a book called Buyer Beware. A uh, really informative book about the pet food industry. I've talked with Dr. Michael Fox a few times over the years. He's the author of a book called Not Fit for a Dog, <laughs> The Truth About Manufactured Dog and Cat Food. My first interview with Dr. Fox was like November 4th of 2009, I think. and um, Or 2011, uh, 2009, I think. And mm-hmm. And then that book, he talked about the relationship between vet schools and prescription diets, Mm. which was very interesting because he is in, you know, in that world. He's been a veterinarian for over 40 years and Mm. very uh, credible source. Um, And on and on and on. Of course, one of our show partners is the Natural Pet Pantry, raw and cooked food for dogs and cats, naturalpetpantry.com. It's just, it's been a a regular theme over Mm -hmm. the years. And one thing that I am so excited to be connected with you because you're local Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, local to Western Washington, but this uh, raw goat's milk, raw goat's milk (laughs) is such an easy way for people to 
boost the uh, nutrition of their food. I mean, for people who are feeding kibble, which is like the dry pellet food, that I really recommend, you know, trying to get dogs off of food that's so highly processed. Mm -hmm. But um, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of people, most of the people out there that feed kibble and need to feed kibble or just want to feed kibble and don't want to move to something that's less processed. Raw goat's milk, great way to add, you know, dump some of that on there every meal Mm -hmm. and you're going to boost the quality really easily and really significantly. Mm -hmm. So... You have a farm up up north, kind of yeah. near Everett? Lake Stevens. Lake Ten Stevens. minutes east of Everett. Okay. And you have like 160-something goats or mm-hmm. something like that? I do. <laughs> so I want to talk about the goat's milk first. Okay. But then I want to talk about goats because we just got two goats like three <laughs> months ago. And I've never been around goats. And I am They're like... delightful. I am obsessed with them. I can relate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I better be careful. Well, the city limit for us is three, so I think mm-hmm. we're safe there. But um, so you have now you started this. Um, so tell us the story, actually, because this is a really, um, I think, a really interesting personal story of of how you started mm-hmm. uh, St. John Creamery producing raw goat milk and cheese, um, and you produce both for humans and pets. Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. So how'd you get how'd you get started well, with that? Well, you know, my brother was a mainframe computer guy, and he was sure Y2K was going to be the end of the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I spent 18 months learning about self-sufficiency, herbal medicine, um, how to grow my own food. I ripped out my lawn in Ballard, and I just filled it with vegetables. And, and uh, the last piece was right before Y2K, I got... Um, four heritage breed Oberhasli dairy goats that are out of Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Hit them in my backyard in Ballard, which was highly illegal back then, mm-hmm. and uh, waited for the world to end. And I had a, got a livestock guardian dog. We had land in eastern Washington where we were going to escape and uh, and start farming. Whereabouts in eastern Washington? It was in Tenasket. <gasps> so we had. My friend has, I've talked about it over the years, 150 acres out mm-hmm. in between Tenasket and Republic. Yeah, and that's where I was out uh, on Highway 20. It was beautiful. It's a part of my heart that lives out there mm-hmm. for sure. It okay. was beautiful. Got but it. Um, so the world didn't end. Didn't happen. And uh, But virtually my whole paradigm in life had changed. Mm. Those goats, I was like you. I was so smitten mm-hmm. with those goats and so taken with. They're the most joyful creature on the planet mm-hmm. that I had made a decision that I, regardless, I was running a high-end cleaning service in the city, mm-hmm. been doing it for about 25 years. I was just bored. Yeah. I mean, I, I could do it with my eyes closed, yeah. and, but it was my side thing that was giving me life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's something very visceral about farming yeah. and about taking care of the animals and milking the goats that you just don't get in the city. Yeah. And it just... I was just overwhelmed with it. I mean, I had more energy for my cleaning service because suddenly I had this thing I was doing on the side. I'm working 60 hours a week coming home and just getting my hands filthy and working the rest of the night and weekends. And but um, So it took me a while, but I started the dairy in 2007 officially okay. um, selling milk. But um, I, uh, I have volunteers on my farm, people that come and live and trade their living for working and, and – uh, they eat a lot of nice artisan cheese and mm-hmm. raw milk. Yeah. But it's been fascinating to watch the health benefits for both my crew and the animals. Mm. As we raise Anatolian shepherd dogs, and so the puppies start drinking it at three weeks old. And um, what I've found is that their bone density on the milk 
is just so much better. Mm. You know, because I, I used to be a kibble food. And when I get busy, I feed kibble, but I feed raw at night with milk. Yeah. But um, it's just fascinating to see people with asthma, people with digestive anything. Goat milk is curative for. For humans, For too. humans, too, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Do you know what it is? Like, what is it doing? Well... So there's there's two um, amino acids, they start with a G, um, in goat milk that alkalinize you. And so literally it's the best antacid on the planet. You Mm. have acid stomach, one sip, it's gone. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. But um, our bodies and animals' bodies are healthy when they're alkaline. Right. And so the goat milk actually alkalinizes your body. Mm -hmm. And so that takes care of a whole lot of problems. Well, cancer cells can't live Mm -hmm. in an alkaline environment. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it does that. It is highly digestible. It is the universal baby formula. Every mammal can drink it. And mm-hmm. it's because it's, it digests in 20 minutes. Cow milk can take up to eight hours. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's so bioavailable that when you drink it, it just starts to be used. Um, an interesting story that drove me into raw dairying was I read a book. I think it might be the milk book or the untold story of milk. And Um, When the Mayo Clinic started in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, they had a raw milk cure clinic. And they would bring people in that had tuberculosis, uh, liver failure, kidney failure, things that mainstream weren't able to help. And they had, that was cows, but they had cows being fed grass, and they had cleanliness practices. And one of the doctors that worked there said in 18 years and 18,000 patients, he didn't see one person that didn't improve. And I guess the Russians were doing the same thing. And... um, Well, Russian scientists said the reason it works is that the water portions in raw milk are identical to the water portions in our bloodstream. Mm. When you ingest raw milk, the water portions are taken right into your bloodstream. The life of the body is in the the blood. If you affect the blood system, you affect every cell in the body. Mm -hmm. So you take raw goat milk and it alkalinizes you. It's all completely bioavailable. Once you pasteurize it, then the calcium is not bioavailable. All the enzymes... Um, there's 30 live raw enzymes in the milk, mm-hmm. and enzymes are required to digest proteins, fats, sugars, all those things. And so um, you need those to help you digest. And um, one reason why kibble's so hard on dogs, mm-hmm. right? It's absolutely dead. It's right. you know, so hard for the body to access mm-hmm. the limited nutrients yeah. that are in it in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, m- most of those irradiated, dead, overprocessed foods have no enzymes to help digest the food. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's very hard to find live food these days. Sure. Oh, for people even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm just like, give me some goat's milk right now, you know. <laughs> it's all jazzed up. I love it. Uh. So, so this is great for all mammals. Mm-hmm. And the key is the raw factor. Yes. Because as soon as you pasteurize it, you kind of kill it. And a lot of people are afraid of the raw. I mean, I was afraid of the raw. When I first got my goats, I pasteurized my own milk Mm. because I was told that I was going to (laughs) die. And so, um, but as I started learning about it, um, what you find is that Russian scientist who said that um, the raw milk is taken right into your bloodstream, he said the closest thing you can approximate raw milk to is it is white blood. There, the, mm. um, the blood is made in the bone marrow, mm-hmm. and in the mammary system, there is a transfer between the blood and it becomes milk. And so 
it has the same constituents as blood. It's got interferon. It's got living properties in it. Mm. And so you have this living, virtually living uh, substance that builds your blood. Well, goodness gracious, that's going to, that's going to affect every cell in your body. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, people get grossed out when I say it. it virtually is white blood. Would you boil blood and put it in your body? Right. No. Right. That's a horrific thought. And so that's one of the magical things about raw. So um, let's take a break. And there's just so much more. I'm so excited about this. I get, you know, I think like I can tell I have like a body reaction when I'm feeding my dogs. Mm -hmm. If I lose energy and I'm like, "Mm," you know. I'm like feeding kibble or whatever, because it happens sometimes Mm -hmm. as little as possible, but sometimes it happens, you know. And then when I'm feeding like uh, food, like natural pet pantry, or if we're like making our own food or Mm -hmm. whatever, and it's just actual food. And then same thing with the goat's milk. Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh, yeah. I I get so energized when I put goat's milk in my dog's food. And I. That is a clear message for me because my body is like, I'm having a body reaction mm-hmm. to it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's not just what I know, but it's like my energetic reaction to it. And you can see the dog's response. Yeah. I well, mean, they just go crazy for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super excited to just get the word out there about this, um, you know, not just for humans, but this is the dog show. So, you know, give your dog some raw goat's milk. And if you live in Western Washington, get St. John Creamery, and we will talk about... Now, you're available in retail stores, mm-hmm. and then you also have uh, another way that people can get it directly. We'll get into those details okay. once we come back from break. Uh, so we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. I love my dog as much as I love you, but you may my dog will always come through All he asks from me is the food to give him strength All he ever needs is love And that he knows he'll get So I love my dog Eric, people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges I can only imagine Oh yeah, dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression Even dog food sensitivities, you name it, and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me, host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. (laughs) 
next week on Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. Driving Miss Norma, one family's journey saying yes to living. She was 90 years old when her husband of 67 years died. Two days later, she was diagnosed with cancer. Instead of succumbing to chemo and a hospital bed, Miss Norma said adios to her doctors and the only life she'd ever known and hit the road with her son. Traveling the U.S. in search of nomadic adventures. Join us Monday at New Pacific Time and Friday at 6 a.m. to hear what happened. Catch up on podcasts at conversationslive.net. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. And now, back to the dog show with Julie Forbes. As much as I love you, but you Oh, I'm all jazzed up about goat's milk. <laughs> Eric, you got some goat's milk coming your way for your dogs. <laughs> Great. I'm going to send you home with a half gallon. Yeah, I'm sure Abby the Beagle will love that. Yes, and your cats. Yeah, they love it too. Yeah. Great. They love the flavor. That's the other thing is that, I mean, aside from the health benefits, they are, they really appreciate mm-hmm. the delicious flavor compared yeah. to, especially if they're eating processed food. Um, we were talking in the break about... Uh, how important it is what the animals eat. Mm-hmm. And this is this is important for people who for people who eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um you know, grass-fed cows versus corn-fed, you know, cows and yeah. and how it actually the you know, to really just simplify it changes the meat from actually healthy to you on healthy for you on a grass-fed cow to not healthy for you mm-hmm. as, especially as far as the fat goes I think mm-hmm. um, it, it's like makes a different kind of fat mm-hmm. to the degree that the one kind on grass-fed is really good for your body mm-hmm. and nourishing and the other one is really not good for your body and actually can cause problems and it's the same with grass-fed milk yeah grass-fed milk the um the um, omega fatty acids are flipped. If they're on grain, it's too high and the, the one we get too much of. Right. And, and it's in the right ratio if they're grass-fed. So you had said, um, you know, animals on live, eating live mm-hmm. food mm-hmm. Um, is an ho- entirely different product. Yes. Are there some goat's milks available for pets where they're not grass-fed? You know, I don't, I don't, don't know. know the competitor what they feed. Sure. So... Um, but yours are grass fed. Yep. And we take them out off farm on 35 acres where we take them out on the brush and they eat trees and shrubs and weeds and scotch broom, you name it. Yeah. Can goats eat ivy? Yeah. They can. Mm -hmm. I've heard that it, uh, too much of it's probably not good for them, but mine have scarfed up ivy with no problems. Okay. And then I've heard, um, morning glory can cause hallucinogenic effects. If there's seeds. When I was young, we had a zoo, a baby goat from the zoo, and we had a big morning glory plant, and he ate it with all the seeds, and he was just huh. bouncing off the walls, acting okay. crazy. So, yeah. But Ivy's okay. Yeah. Um, so the, the grass-fed factor, you were talking – so, oh, I remember. The, the question that I was um, asking you when we were on break was about – is this because it's raw? Are there any situations where you wouldn't want to give a dog the raw goat's milk? Yeah, and, and what I said was that um, 
I had a freezer break, and I had about $2,000 worth of milk just start to sour. And it over four months, I fed that milk to my dogs and my chickens. The beauty of raw is that when it, start, when it starts to sour, it's actually called clabbered milk, and the English love clabbered milk. And if you let it sit long enough, it becomes cheese. Mm. All of that's natural, and um, the natural lactobacillus in the milk kind of press it in the right direction. Um, the other thing I was saying is that when you have raw um, grass-fed um, cow or goat milk, uh, the milk itself, studies show, make five antimicrobials that confinement-fed animals don't make in their milk. And um, a fellow dairyman down in California, he paid a lab to do a study on his raw grass-fed cow milk, and he inoculated the milk with salmonella, listeria, and E. coli 0157. And 24 hours later, the salmonella was gone, the listeria was all gone, and E. coli 0157 was there, but in very repressed numbers. Mm -hmm. And so it actually has its own immune system, just like blood. Blood has its own immune system. And so when you get the connection between milk and blood, you realize blood's alive. Right. (laughs) And so um, the trick is that you've got to make sure you're sourcing it so that the animals are actually being treated well. I mean... Mine have access to pasture. We use herbal medicine 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, If I have a goat in trouble, I will use penicillin or whatever I need to to save them because they're like my kids. Sure. And so I do whatever. No pun intended, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, um, but the, uh, it's really important, you know, what is their day-to-day or what is it they're eating? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Which is going to then impact, uh, impact your dog and that's mm-hmm. important like whatever it is that whatever you eat if it's an animal whatever it eats mm-hmm. you're also eating that's true you mm-hmm. know so yep. we've been getting we get all of our meat at the farmer's market which is you know less than five minutes from our house in columbia city and, mm. and there's actually the farm is out in that area like okanagan oh really yeah olson farms mm. little plug for them um all of their for the animals that eat that eat grass, all of all of them are grass-fed. Mm-hmm. Um, they do all of their slaughtering on site, so the animals don't have to travel for that. Nice. I mean, we're just, you know, really, if we're going to eat meat, want to make sure that it's done in a way that's ethical and, and mm-hmm. healthy also. And, um, yeah, it's delicious. It's really delicious. Nice. And we feel kind of clear that we're not eating something that's not good for us, but also that wasn't where the animal wasn't treated with mm-hmm. the respect they deserve. Yeah. Um, so how do people, so the website's St. John Creamery, S-T-J-O-H-N, creamery.com. What are the ways that people can get your goat's milk? Um, we sell our milk from Bellingham all the way down to Tacoma and over to North Bend. Um, so we have on my website, we have a map and it shows all our retail locations. And then we've got eight private drop locations. So let's say you live in North Seattle, we have a North Seattle drop point and we call it the Olympic um, drop point. But you can just go to my website and um, hit human milk, go to the bottom, order milk, and there's a drop-down menu about where you want to pick up your milk. And we just deliver on Monday and Wednesdays to mainline I-5 is on Mondays and east side's on Wednesdays. And we just drop it into an igloo milk cooler on the drop point's porch, put your name on your milk, and you can just pick it up within the parameters of the time listed on the site. And uh, so you can get it into your area or you can, all the best pet stores sell it. And we have numerous pet stores that sell us. Okay. 
Um, so I'm on your website, stjohncramery.com. Mm-hmm. And would it be that one, where to buy? And then pri- and then there's a menu that comes down, stores, shop online, and then private drops? Yes. Yeah. Or you could just go to the bottom of the page of the milk. There's a, if you just go to the bottom, you can just order it. Oh, and then just select options. Yes. And then it'll give you the, all the options mm-hmm. for how to get it too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this one is, uh, and maybe you're already feeding goat's milk, but you're feeding one that's not local. So switch over. <laughs> St. John Creamery. Because I know a lot of people, you know, most pet stores, most of the smaller natural pet stores um, carry raw goat's milk now. You know, the one thing people um, ask about is that our milk is slightly green. Right. And in our state, we were required to make it green because of an old law in the books from 1960 when raw milk was illegal for human consumption. And so they put a law in the books that if you were selling it for animals to keep us from selling it to humans, that they wanted us to put some color in it. And so we've used select natural um, coloring, chlorophyll in it, and... um, so it's it's like three drops per gallon. It's yeah. like nothing. Just a little bit of green. Yep. It's good to know, though. Yep. And then oh, also the goat milk, when it thaws, the fats come out of solution. Yeah. And so it actually begins to separate. And so people, they get freaked out. But that's just indigenous to goat milk. It's there, it's a naturally homogenized milk, but it will unhomogenize when, when it, with freezing. When it, yeah, when yeah. it freezes. And how long does it last um, once it, I mean, I know you said it can last, you fed it for <laughs> yeah. months and it yes. just turns into cheese, but, um, you know, to, to keep it as goat's milk, um, once it's thawed and in the fridge, it's um, probably about a week, a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before it starts changing. Yeah. Okay. And then it gets even more probiotics as it goes through that process. Yeah. Once it starts to sour, then it's like drinking yogurt. And mm-hmm. so it's just. Um, what happens is there's natural lactobacillus in the milk, and they start to multiply as they start to eat the sugars in the milk. Yeah. And for every sugar they eat, they put a couple of lactic acid out, and that starts to change the pH and make it um, sour, mm-hmm. and that's why it tastes sour. Yeah. We bought some uh, uh, cream from the farmer's market for us uh, a few weeks ago, and the guy was like, yeah, you know, and if you don't end up using it all, just leave it alone, and soon you'll have sour cream. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, <laughs> that sounds good. I love sour cream, too. So um, you have Anatolian shepherds mm-hmm. that guard the goats. Yes. Really interesting. Um, we have a client who is a Congal. Mm-hmm. So what is that, like a type of Anatolian shepherd? It's a shepherd, type of Anatolian. Right? And do you have a type of Anatolian, or is it just well, Anatolian? I guess, and I think that over there they don't have registrations. Got it. And so the shepherds move, and the dogs breed, yeah. and so it's not like here where you have tighter genetics. Got it. So I think the Kengal are, are they black? Are they dark? No, he's fawn with a black face. Okay, so mine are fawn with a black mask, but they are, I think the Kengals are bigger. He's or, gigantic. Yeah. I mean, they're all big. They're, but, yeah. Yeah. So they... um it's an interesting type of um, dog group, mm-hmm. these livestock guarding dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that they are very maternal in their sort of, which kind of makes sense because they're protective. Yeah. Um, and then do you raise, so it's just, I'm curious to talk about this kind of, it's an opportunity to talk about this angle yeah. on dogs. How do you... Um, like, 
what's the process of raising them so that they do their job, I guess? What, what works best is when they're five weeks old, that's when they can move fast enough. You put them in with the goats mm-hmm. or the sheep or whatever it is you want them to grow up with because they're small enough that those goats are going to heckle them. And they're going to learn to walk among the goats with their head down and their tail down because when they run with their head up, the goats are going to smack them. And so very quickly they learn <laughs> to walk in an, a, in an understanding manner with the goats mm-hmm. so that it doesn't, you know, offend make, them, offend them yeah. get them upset. Yeah. And, um, and then they get attached. And, uh, you know, they'll imitate the goats if the goats are out chewing on trees. They'll go out and chew on trees. And mm. it's just kind of funny to watch them. Mm-hmm. And, and they become, the goats or sheep become part of their pack. And... That's who they guard, and they're very territorial. So then they will just, you know, guard the goats. Um, often they'll give a certain bark, and the goats know the bark, and they take off to the barn, and it mm. means get back, something's up. Hmm. And uh, so it's fun to watch them. Yeah. Do you, do you have uh, multiple dogs working together in the same space with goats or just I, one? I have. Per- I don't right now, but I usually run female-male pairs. Because okay. they're very alpha dogs, and the males don't share territory, and sure. the females don't share territory. Well, that's territory. why I asked. So, it was kind of like, yeah. do, do they work? If the pairs work well together. Okay. But I don't, I have to make sure that there's, they can't get into another pasture, like with the males with the males and the females with the females. So right. multiple Anatolians can be dicey, trying to just keep them apart. Sure. <laughs> well, that makes sense, because they have such, they have, they are so territorial, mm-hmm. which is why they're so protect i mean that's yeah, kind of part that's of that why they do their job so well right i mean they really are great so are they um have you had incidents where they've actually had to do their work or did they just basically keep every keep everybody they just keep else it away. away i mean yeah. i had an eagle jumping a chicken and my i yelled at sammy my dog and he came flying over and he jumped the eagle i'm like wait 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 <laughs> <laughs> leave it leave it yeah it's illegal <laughs> yeah and the, the eagle jumped you know climbed up the fence and flew off yeah but um that's about the only one that's come in we're surrounded by coyotes. We mm-hmm. have packs all around us. Yeah. And we hear them singing every night, mm-hmm. but they don't come in our property. Yeah. Home we security have, system. We have some great piers behind us, and that used to be where they, where they lived. And I think they still have dens back there, and so I know their dogs have killed a couple. I think when they moved in, they probably fenced them in, and their dogs got them. Mm. But, great Pyrenees, did yeah. you say? Mm-hmm. Like your neighbor has them? Yeah. Mm. But basically, just having those dogs there. It's a deterrent. Knowing that they will do their job if they have to. The coyotes mm-hmm. are smart enough. Yeah. They to, just go to easier pickings. To not go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And so you just put them in there when they're puppies. And, and so the, do they get interaction with other dogs as well? My dog's on the farm because all the dogs come and go. And so right. I have some rat terriers and a border collie. And so they all learn to get along and... You know, they know their pack. Sure. That's the extended pack. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to ask a real, real obvious question. What do you have the rat terriers for? Rats. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they do their job well. Yeah, they do. And you don't have to train them to do that, do mm-hmm. you? No. no. And what's the border collie for? Well, helping me herd the, sh- the goats. Mm-hmm. I just haven't been able to train him very well, but he all he has to do is look at him. He's just right. got it in his blood. Yeah. So we ha- we use him some to move them. You know, get them in when they're out in the out grazing, and we need them to come in for milking. And yeah, so two of our dogs are cattle dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, our female is much more grounded and centered than the male. Mm-hmm. They're both very intense, but she's much more centered than he yeah. is. He's a little wild. Um, 
but she's uh, she's come in and helped us get the chickens in nice. and just by looking at them. And they're like, well, we're going to go over here. <laughs> so it's fun. We've taken them sheep herding before. Um, one of my favorite events that we promote heavily every year and attend every year is the Vashon Sheepdog Trials. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Have you ever been to that? No, I've seen the cars. So fun. Mm-hmm. Such a fun event. All, all border collies mostly. Yeah. Um, there's a few Australian Kelpies, but um, really, really great event. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting. Like you have these very, you have these different groups of dogs represented on mm-hmm. your farm. It's a sort of quintessential example of the development of different dog breeds yeah. for specific purposes. They are so different. Yeah, and they're so different. And the thing is, is like when people with with dog breeds, I think in defense sometimes, uh, will be like, oh, they have to be trained in order to be, you know, this way or that way, or they must have been trained that way to be that way, or, you know, I think it. It happens a lot with, uh, like, bull breeds mm. who can get into trouble with other dogs sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly not all the time, but but some of those bull breeds, you know, pit bulls and um, bulldogs and, you know, those that, that group of yeah. dogs where they're um, – and terriers mm-hmm. as well where they are um, vulnerable to arousal aggression because mm-hmm. of what they're bred to do. Yeah. And with um, bull terrier type dogs, that can that intensity can be sort of focused on other dogs, which Mm -hmm. is what they're bred for. And um, historically, and then this whole idea of like, well, they have to be trained to be that way. And it's like, no, if you have a high drive individual, that is how it's going to be expressed. And it's not the dog's fault. It's what they're made to do. Just like you didn't have to train your rat terrier to kill rats. You didn't have to train your border collie to herd, Mm -hmm. to have the herding instinct. It's just in there. And you didn't have to train the Anatolian shepherds to be guard dogs. Mm -hmm. That's what we made them to be. Yeah. And there's always individual variation. Mm-hmm. If you're a breeder of Anatolian Shepherds, I'm sure that you've noticed you might have, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you have some that come along that just aren't really into it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're and mellow. Into pet homes. Mellow, right? Mm-hmm. Pet, th- and those are good dogs to go into pet homes. Mm-hmm. So we're ignoring the fact of genetics and not honoring what we have created in dogs. Yeah. By saying that everything must have to be trained. Well, or thinking that you can train it out. Yeah. I mean, let's just try to take a terrier and not have him be a terrier. I mean, my little terrier, the other day I have a a 14-month-old Anatolian that's probably 140 pounds. And my rat terrier standing on his back feet, staring into the the Anatolian's face with his teeth barred and growling in his face. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like 15 pounds. Yeah. Fearless. <laughs> I'll take him on. Bring it. Yeah. It's so, so fascinating to me. I mean, obviously, my one of my biggest passions is dogs. I mean, I've given my, my professional and most of my personal mm-hmm. life to, to dogs. And I, I just can't get enough of them. And one of the reasons why I love doing this show so much. And the more I do it, the more there is to talk about. And I just so... Uh, value and honor their history with us over the last 40,000 years, Mm -hmm. you know, working with us. And I know we would not be as successful as we are today as humans without the partnership of dogs working with us. And Mm -hmm. so to, um, I don't know, it's just not honoring honoring their history and who they are 
And of course, you know, drive dogs, they can learn how to manage themselves in a lot of cases where you can be like, okay, well, you might have the impulse to do that, but you need to not do Mm -hmm. that right now. And in a lot of cases, that is that is workable, except Mm -hmm. for probably those individuals who are on that high end of drive where you're just like, they've just they're just going to go. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's always individual variation within within litters, even within the same breed. Yeah, there are. Every dog is a unique individual. And one of the most important things, and when people ask me, like, what kind of training I do, you know, which Mm -hmm. I kind of think is a funny question because it's, uh, I understand the question, but it's like there aren't aren't really kinds of training. There's Mm -hmm. dogs and there's understanding dogs and understanding how to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different techniques and tools. And it's important to understand who you're working with and match it to the individual. Yeah. Is it a sensitive individual? Is it not sensitive? Yeah. Is it high drive? Is it not? Et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really interesting. You've got a nice uh, nice variety. Mm-hmm. So you have one rat terrier? Two. Two rat terriers? Two rat terriers, three Anatolians, and uh, one border collie. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's take a break. And we'll be back uh, with more about raw goat's milk for your dog, for you, for your cat, chickens, Yep, which I'm curious to hear about because we've got chickens now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and if you've missed, if you're just tuning in and you've missed any part of this interview, we've, it's been really, really interesting talking about the health benefits of raw goat's milk, how it's sort of like white blood. I love how you said that. Mm -hmm. It really has this. Uh, vitality to it Mm -hmm. and it has this it is like a healing force Mm -hmm. and and we're talking grass-fed raw goat's milk Mm -hmm. which is an important not corn-fed or whatever but grass-fed and um, what a powerful easy way for you to boost your dog's food Mm -hmm. is to dump some St. John Creamery raw goat's milk over whatever you're feeding them hopefully it's not kibble but even if it is kibble Put the goat's milk on it, and it's going to be enhancing it like crazy. So the website is stjohncreamery.com, S-T-J-O-H-N, creamery.com. And you can uh, get on there, and uh, there's a where to buy tab, um, which will make it easy for you. There's uh, these drop locations, and then it's also sold in most small independent natural pet stores all over western Washington, uh, so definitely check it out. And if you don't live in Western Washington, then go to your local independent pet store and ask them for whatever they have for raw goat's milk. Or you can go to your local farmer's market or your local maybe co- food co-op for humans because they probably mm-hmm. have some raw goat's milk um, or cow's milk if they don't have goat's milk. But yeah. there's lots of ways people can get it because I know oftentimes I have listeners email me like, I know you recommend natural pet pantry but we live in new jersey Mm -hmm. and we can't get it there so you know what do you recommend so definitely other options so get on that raw goat's milk for your dog and uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes you're listening to the dog show with julie forbes Eric, people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges. 
I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. Dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression, even dog food sensitivities. You name it, and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. <laughs> Next week on Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair, driving Miss Norma, one family's journey saying yes to living. She was 90 years old when her husband of 67 years died. Two days later, she was diagnosed with cancer. Instead of succumbing to chemo and a hospital bed, Miss Norma said adios to her doctors and the only life she'd ever known and hit the road with her son, traveling the U.S. in search of nomadic adventures. Join us Monday at New Pacific Time and Friday at 6 a.m. to hear what happened. Catch up on podcasts at conversationslive.net. There's a reason they invented the Internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. And now back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Back talking with Marcia St. John of St. John Creamery. Website is stjohncreamery.com. That's S-T-J-O-H-N creamery.com. And you can find out all about her raw goat's milk for both humans and pets and other products. And you offer classes. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, what kinds of classes do you offer? It's a goat 101 class for beginner goat people and um, a cheese making class and uh, kind of an advanced medical class for people that have more than a couple goats mm-hmm. and they want to not have to pay a fortune for just everything that yeah. comes along. Yeah. Well, we could we could use your goat 101 because mm-hmm. we're new yeah. newbies. <laughs> goat newbies. We have two little pygmy goats that we're crazy about. Oh, they're so cute. So these are held at your farm, I assume? Yes, they are. Okay. And so people get to see your goats? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you have what kind of goat again? They are called Oberhosleys. Okay. They look like deer. They're dark reddish brown with black points and black boots. Cool. And they they keep, uh, keep all the growth... Uh, they probably eat everything, right? They do. They eat everything. All we have is grass in our pastures. Yeah. So we used to have trees and blackberries and stuff like that, but they take it all out. Now, do they eat the branch, the blackberry mm-hmm. branches as well as the leaves? Yeah, what they'll do is they'll eat all the leaves, and then in the spring they'll eat every leaf as it comes out, and then they'll start chewing on the stems. They'll just eradicate them completely. Okay. Because ours, ours eat the leaves, and then... You know, if the, if the, cause I have to go, um, across the street and actually cut them mm-hmm. for them yeah, and then bring them over to them cause they don't have direct access to them. Yeah. Um, and they love the leaves and then they'll eat, they'll eat a little bit of this, the, the stem part, but then they just kind of leave it. And it's probably just because they don't have to eat it, Yeah, but they exactly. would, they would. Yeah. We had, um, my first place I lived as a three acre farm and they had about an hour and, um, acre and a half of 
eight, 10, 12 foot tall blackberries. And it took them probably eight weeks for 36 goats to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And there were, the framework was there. And then in the spring, every leaf that came out, they ate it and they starved out the roots because the blackberries couldn't, couldn't feed themselves. There was no photosynthesis. I see. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was so fascinating to me the first time I, because I, I had never really been around farm animals. Um, I mean, that's not true. I have a degree in animal science, so I was like at the farm learning about the digestive system of ruminants mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So it's not like I've never been around them, but I've not lived with them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the first time I held out a branch with green leaves on it to the goats, <laughs> and then the mother goat was just like, you know, like sucked them in. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> and now we just adore them. I can't say enough about goats. Yeah. And everybody who has goats is like, I know. I know. It's, they're so amazing. All I can say is they're the most joyful creature on the planet, and their attitude is contagious. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're always happy. Yeah. They're always sweet. <laughs> and they're so cute. I know, and the little babies jumping around all over the place, mm-hmm. and it's just adorable. Get some goats. Change your life. <laughs> changed my life. I mean, I, we didn't move or anything, but we're just home more and outside and mm-hmm. working. And I know what you mean about that. Like it, you were the work, the added work that you had was actually energizing you mm-hmm. to, to when you were doing another job at the time when you mm-hmm. had your own business before you started the farm. Yeah. It was really the, that hobby with your goats the additional work that yeah. that energized you and we it tend did. to think we tend to not think or relate to work that way yeah and i am busier now than i was but well, you i'm don't really happier th- you don't think about it as work it's yeah. that you're spending time with your goats fun and they need their little area cleaned and yeah but they're like helping you yeah and <laughs> yeah the chickens help us too they come whenever we're raking uh-huh. you know because their their yard is uh sand so we'll, you know, scoop it every day and keep it clean. And they come over and some of them more than others, but they'll come over and, you know. Start rooting around. Start scratching around. Oh, thank you for your help. Mm-hmm. That one of them has just started laying eggs for about, a, it's been almost a month now. Nice. And we've eight, so we're going to be up to our ears and eggs yes. soon. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've got your raw goat's milk and you've got classes that you offer. Um, you also do have some cheese mm-hmm. that, that is available. And so is it um, like goat cheese? I just, just shed, Right now like, all I have is cheddar. Cheddar. I, I just make, I have to do hard cheeses because it's raw milk. So we eat Chev and we eat the fresh cheeses, but I can't sell them. Okay. They have to be two months old, so. Oh. So you make a goat cheddar. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And does it taste? Taste tastes like cheddar. Really? Mm-hmm. Except I've, for it's white, because I don't add the right. orange color to it. Well, that's how cow cheddar is yeah. supposed to be, too, right? Mm-hmm. White. Yeah, that's yeah. what milk is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had goat gouda once. I mean, I eat goat cheese a lot, but um, as far as, like, not just, like, chev, yeah. but other types, mm-hmm. you know, the goat gouda was, like, so good. It's good. Yeah. So you've got um, these drop points that people can can meet. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what are the areas for that? Um, let's see. We have um, Olympic, which is like 145th east of I-5. We have a Fremont drop, 
We have um, an Edmonds drop, and let's see, we have a Kirkland drop, two in Kirkland, one North Kirkland, one South, Mm -hmm. one in Bellevue on the Redmond border, one in Sammamish, one in Renton, and um, and one down in Magnolia at uh, Fisherman's. um, Mm -hmm. There's a little Fisherman's Green Market, and so inside the market they have a private drop for us there. Mm -hmm. Do you have any South Seattle drops? Mm Mm-mm. Oh, need to get one. We'd be glad to start one. All right. I'll have to get on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do have a lot of people who've had really good results with the goat milk, too, on their dogs. Yes. Tell me some had, stories uh, about that. Somebody wrote me an email, and they said their dog had uh, the end of her tail. It would wag its tail. and It was like a bloodbath on all the walls. Mm-hmm. And for a year, they'd been going to the vet and trying to figure out how to stop this bloodbath constantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, And she said literally two days on the goat milk and... The tail never, ever broke again. Wow. And um, another person said that her dog had had chronic diarrhea for like a year, and they just couldn't figure out how to do anything about it. And she said, I kid you not, it was a half a cup of the goat milk, and everything shifted. Wow. <laughs> and I've heard that from people, you know, that, you know, chronic digestive problems. And I had one guy who said he had been suffering with his gut for a long time, and he said, I drank over the course of a week, I drank one gallon. He said, it's been gone, completely gone, mm-hmm. all the problems. So mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know what it does in the gut, but it's very healing. Well, it really makes sense because you refer to, you refer to it as it's like white blood mm-hmm. that the uh, water, the liquid aspect of the it, water the, the water the, portion of it mm-hmm. is identical to... The water portion of our bloodstream. Of our bloodstream, mm-hmm. and so it just goes right in, um, easily absorbed. And that it, that the goat's milk, the live, raw goat's milk coming from grass-fed animals is um, equipped with its own, essentially sort of its own immune system. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you're giving that boost, that immune boost mm-hmm. to the animal, whoever's yeah. drinking it, human or dog or cat or whatever. Yeah. And since it strengthens the gut, I mean, now... The whole rage now is they're realizing that our gut is the center of our immune system. Yeah. And it's the same for people and for pets. Sure. If their stomach's not working, their brain's not working, their immune system's not working. Yeah. Everything is off. Oh, what was it? The, uh, I can't remember it right now, but it was some um, receptor. It was an emotional Mm. that uh, I can't remember. That there are more something receptors in the gut than in the brain. Yeah, they're calling it the second brain. So the stomach actually makes serotonin, dopamine, all That's the what same it, chemicals yeah, as yeah. the brain. Yeah. And so a woman um, wrote a book called The Gut and Psychology Syndrome. Yeah. And it's because when the gut's off, the psychology is off. Yeah. And um, ADD, ADHD, schizophrenia, um, Autism, all of those things start in the gut. Mm -hmm. This is why I talk so much about pet food Mm -hmm. because it's so, most of it is so gross. Yeah. Well, and and we know it now we're getting to clue in on people, but the dogs are how much far behind. I know because they're getting the stuff that's not fit for human Mm -hmm. consumption in most cases. Yeah. Um, So it's so great. It's such an easy way for people to just get some goat's milk, dump it on there. And if this is the only change you make, you're doing wonders for your dog. a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else that you um, 
you know, want to use. We just got a, a couple minutes left. Mm-hmm. Time flies when you're talking <laughs> talking goats when or you're talking goats, goat milk. goats milk, and yeah. and healing healing from the inside out. Really, it's so the conversation itself is energizing. Mm-hmm. Well. I don't know if dogs have asthma. I just know that I've had three interns on my farm that their asthma was cured by raw goat milk. Mm. And they'd never been able to run, couldn't breathe. And and apparently in Europe they've done studies and they said that um, kids raised on raw, it was actually cow or goat, mm-hmm. in the city kids or country kids, there's like almost no incidence of asthma mm. in children that drink raw. Mm-hmm. And so that's an interesting thing. I wonder if it helps with allergies. I think that mainstream cow milk can cause lots of allergies. Yeah. Well, um, it's pasteurized. Yeah. But I wonder, like, for there's a lot of dogs that suffer from seasonal allergies oh, yeah. Or, yeah. or certainly food allergies, but that's kind of a different, a different deal. But it seems like when you, when you give the body life and uh, boost its immune function, it's going to touch everything, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't really sound like you're aware of any individuals like like it's safe for puppies it's mm-hmm. safe for old dogs yeah. it's, you know yeah i mean i've had geriatric dogs that i just you know i just have return milk from the store and it would sour and i just i just keep a bucket full mm-hmm. and i had a an anatolian they typically live to be about 13 mm-hmm. and for a giant breed that's really old. that's old yeah and uh but it just what i find is that the raw goat milk um is anti-inflammatory and so th- it keeps them moving better and um Keeps them from kind of being too stiff. Oh, you mentioned that alkaline factor, mm-hmm. too. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. So St. John Creamery. I'm talking with Marcia St. John of St. John Creamery. Mm-hmm. So you've been open since 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, what have you learned? Oh, my gosh. I've learned everything from veterinary skills to microbiology to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've, was yeah. it a good move? Are you happy you oh, yeah. switched away yeah. from your yeah, entrepreneur? There's a, more, there's a lot more money in cleaning. Sure. But um, this is good for the soul. Yeah. And I wouldn't change it. Good. Well, we're going to be getting a lot more dogs on your goat's milk. That's for sure. Starting with Eric's dog, Abby. I'm going to send you home some with some. and um, I'm looking forward to seeing her try it. I think she's going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever heard of any allergy, like dogs that had a bad i i haven't either but i wonder if you ever heard of a dog that was like allergic to it or can you can you give too much of it no mm-mm. you okay. can't give too much i've had buckets and buckets of it um i've had children who couldn't drink any milk at all be able to drink my milk okay but only when it was grass fed so right, yes yeah that's a huge that was the big shift was right once i went grass fed yeah that's when really troubled infants could drink wow. my milk it's amazing so well, so wonderful to have you here. Thank you for what you provide to our community here mm-hmm. locally, and for giving your life to this. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to be connected and um, all jazzed up about it, and uh, just look forward to getting as many dogs and cats and everybody on mm-hmm. this as I possibly can. The website again is stjohncreamery.com. Thanks for listening to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes.
been listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at dogradioshow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud.